Welcome to the Neighborhood Church Podcast. We are so thankful that you are listening in. The Neighborhood Church is all about helping people find and follow Jesus. We hope that through these podcasts you are encouraged, that you're inspired, and that you're provided with practical wisdom on how to find and follow Jesus. We hope that you enjoy today's podcast. Thank you for joining us today for our second weekend in a row where we are looking at a psalm in our Summer Psalter series. We're going to uh, dig a little bit deeper today and in a moment I'm just going to have come up on the screen a little bit of an explanation of the five books within Psalms. Then Alexis Hall is going to come read to us uh, the psalm that we're looking at today. I'm going to lead in prayer and then uh, lift some great truths out of uh, the 62nd Psalm. So, Gary White, in his article published in Academia, The Structure of the Five Books of the Psalms, uh, put together a chart uh, showing how the Psalms worked in Hebrew worship, how the five books within Psalms worked in Hebrew worship. So, uh, it's up on the screen now, and I just want you to take a little quick look with me and bring some understanding. So, uh, chapters 1 to 41 are book 1. Chapters 2, uh, chapters 42 to 72 are book 2. Chapters 73 to 89 are book 3. Chapters 90 to 106 are book 4. And chapters 107 to 150 are book 5. Uh, each of these books corresponds with one of the books uh, of the Pentateuch. So Genesis goes with book number one. So when the Hebrew people were looking at the book of Genesis, they would also read uh, portions of scripture from book one, chapters one to 41. When they were in the book of Exodus, they were uh, looking at Psalms in book two. When they were in the book of Leviticus, they were looking at Psalms in book three. When they were in the book of Numbers, book four, the book of Deuteronomy, book five. And they all also uh, were interconnected with five feasts that uh, the Hebrew people uh, celebrated every year. So book one corresponded with the Passover, book two with Pentecost, book three with trumpets, book four with Feast of Tabernacles, and book five with the Feast of Purim. So everything's interconnected in their worship. And uh, that's how the Psalms are set up. And sometimes we say, oh, we spirit-filled people don't like uh, plans for service. Well, God's a bit, maybe a bit more of a God of order than we recognize. So that's how Psalms is set up uh, in relationship to the Pentateuch and the feast. So little explanation, book one, book two, book three, book four, book five within Psalms. Now Alexis Hall is going to come and just read our psalm uh, of this week, book two, Psalm 62, book two, Psalm 62 to us, and uh, just listen in to what God would want to be saying to us through the reading of his word. Psalm 62. My soul waits in silence for God only. From him is my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I shall not be greatly shaken. How long will you assail a man that you may murder him of all, all of you? Like a leaning wall, like a tottering fence, they have counseled only to thrust him down for his high position. 
They delight in falsehood, they bless with their mouth, but inwardly they curse. My soul wait in silence for God only, for my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold, I shall not be shaken. On God my salvation and my glory rest, the rock of my strength, my refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times, O people, pour out your heart before him, God is a refuge for us. Men of low degree are only vanity, and men of a rank are a lie. In the balances they go up, they are together lighter than breath. Do not trust in oppression, and do not vainly hope in robbery. If riches increase, do not set your heart upon them. Once God has spoken, twice I have heard this, that power belongs to God, and loving kindness is yours, O Lord, for you recommence a man according to his work. Thank you, Alexis. Well done. Psalm 62 was written by King David, who was the second king of the nation of Israel. Most of his adult life was spent living uh, with death looming over him. His adult life was not a simple life. As a young adult, he was uh, being uh, chased and... Uh, fleeing King Saul, who just was sure that this was not a guy he could stand having around because he felt threatened by him. Uh, when he became king, and before he was king, he was leading armies against uh, neighboring nations that were their enemies. David was always being confronted with the potential of somebody attacking him, getting, uh, getting after him, attempting to take his life. Uh, friends turned their backs on him. Even his uh, own son Absalom turned out to be uh, an enemy in the end. All kinds of things and people attacking King David. So David didn't have a real easy life. And when we get to Psalm uh, chapter 62, we see how he handled uh, troublesome times, how he navigated his way through uh, troublesome times. I think there are some really significant lessons here for us because David is described in 1 Samuel chapter 13 and verse 14 as a man after God's own heart. David was pursuing the heart of God. David understood God's heart and God's way. So if David understood God's heart, the man after God's own heart, when he's going through troublesome times, this is what he did. Uh, there's some significant lessons here for us about how we should be handling uh, troublesome times. So I'm going to take us through Psalm 62 now, and we're going to look at three things in Psalm 62 that David did to navigate his way uh, through troublesome times. And the first thing we see is in verse number one of Psalm 62. We need to silence ourselves. Silence yourself. Silence yourself. We need to learn to bring silence into our lives in troublesome times. Uh, Psalm 62, verse 1, let me read it to you. My soul waits in silence for God only. My soul waits in silence for God only. From him is my salvation. Last weekend, I talked about 
uh, purchasing this, one of the first commentaries I ever owned, uh, the Psalms by Arthur Weiser. And Arthur, uh, in working his way through the Psalms, translated the Hebrew text into English, and this is how he translates verse number one. My soul is still, if focused on God. My soul is still, if focused on God. Uh, so it's talking here in this verse about being silent, uh, silent in, his, in his presence. It's talking here about holy inactivity. Holy inactivity. Now that's hard. It's hard to learn to be silent. And it's really hard to be silent the more of a type A personality you have. Because if something seems to be going wrong or somebody's attacking you or somebody said something that you think just needs to be corrected, somebody needs to stand up and take leadership. And often the somebody we think should do it is us. We need to get in there and get this solved. This capacity to be silent, to silence ourselves, to practice holy and inactivity in difficult times does not come easy. And it wasn't easy for David here. I mean, you go to verses 3 to 5 in Psalm 62, look at it right now, you, you see that David describes the circumstance he was in was people were after him. They were trying to murder him. And he said he felt weak. He felt like a fence that was falling apart, ready to crumble. Uh, he didn't feel like there was protection around him. He felt like things were really, really tough, tough. And the problem wasn't so much that he was being attacked with knives. Uh, the challenge, the problem in King David's life here was he was being attacked by poisonous tongues, sharp tongues. And uh, it's really easy to stand up and get this corrected. But David, the man after God's own heart, silences himself. So verse number one, my soul waits in silence for God only. And then he describes what he's going through there. And then he makes a command to himself in verse five, my soul, soul, my soul, come on soul, wait in silence for God only. Now this is not a uh, a typical, an untypical theme uh, in this second book of Psalms. So, so the second book in Psalms starts with Psalm 42 and verse 3. And uh, we see three times in Psalm 42 and 43 that the psalmist is talking to himself there too. And he says, oh my soul, why? Why? Come on soul, why are you so upset? Why are you disquieted? Why are you disturbed? And so we see David in Psalm 42, 5 and 11 and Psalm 46 and verse 5 talking to himself and saying, why soul are you acting like this? And here he's commanding himself in verse number uh, 5 of Psalm 62, my soul. Come on soul here. Come on, come on soul. Come on, come on, come on. Silence yourself before God. Silence yourself before God. My soul, you've got to be quiet. Holy inactivity doesn't come easy for us. But David's navigating his way through a difficult period here. And he says, soul, be silent before God. Practice holy inactivity. 
activity. Practice holy inactivity. Some of the biggest mistakes in my adult life, some of the biggest mistakes in my adult ministry have come out of this feeling that I just got to do something here. And I just did something. And I spent sometimes years cleaning up the something I did. How do we navigate our way through uh, troublesome times? First thing David says is silence yourself. Silence yourself. And then the second thing that uh, we read we need to do is empty ourselves. Empty yourself. Psalm 62 and verse 8, Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. Interesting. Pour out your heart before him. And now I want to read out of the New International Version application commentary, uh, the book of Psalms, and I'm reading from page 886. The verb pour out describes the complete pouring out of a liquid with no reserve, nothing held back. The word pour out, pouring out the entire liquid, nothing held back. We need to empty ourselves. Doesn't, uh, doesn't come easy that, for that one either, easy, easy, for us there either, but this is what happens. Beautiful cup from Horizon College and Seminary. I salute Dr. Martini and his visionary leadership at the college. But what do you do in troublesome times? Well, what you need to do is empty yourself. You need to empty yourself. You need to pour out your, and you don't stop when you're halfway there. You don't say, oh, I'm going to save a little bit of myself in case, I, in case God really needs me here. We empty ourselves. David says, pour out, pour out yourself before God. There has to be this emptying of ourselves because ourselves, unless you're a lot different than me, ourselves, me, you, ourselves can create a whole lot of problems for us. Interesting. Prophetic, actually. Beginning of the year, we had the privilege of having Larry Moore with us for two weekends. And everything he said to us, and he was not speaking uh, in any way other than a man of God who'd come to the house of God with a word from God for us. He said to us, stop trusting in horses and chariots. In other words, empty yourself. Don't rely on all the strength and ability and education and all a man's methods to get you through life and to get you through your circumstance. Empty yourself and put your trust in God alone. And who knew what 2020 would hold in store for us? How do you navigate troublesome times? You, you empty yourself. Love the story of uh, the nation of Israel, the Hebrew children being released from the land of Egypt where they had been slaves for a long, 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 long time. 
And finally, after the tenth plague, when uh, the angel comes and kills all of the firstborn in the nation of Egypt, and none of the children of Israel's firstborn children get uh, get killed because their parents had put uh, blood on the doorposts. And finally, Pharaoh says, all my firstborns are gone in this whole nation. You guys get out of here. So the Hebrew children begin the long march to the promised land. And then they come to the edge of the Red Sea, and there's no way to get across. They come to the edge of the Red Sea, and there's no way to get across. And they hear the sound of angel of horses and chariots coming up behind them, and they have all kinds of artillery. And uh, they begin to complain to Moses and say, Why in the world did you bring us here? Couldn't we have been buried in Israel, uh, back in Egypt? And this is what Moses says to them, verse number 13. Don't fear. Stand firm. Don't fear. Stand firm. And see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. And I hear, I see in my mind, some of them say, oh yeah, stand firm. But they're looking around trying to see if there's something they can turn and make into a weapon. Moses says, come on, just stand firm. And I like verse number 14. The Lord will fight for you while you keep silent. The Lord will fight for you while you keep silent. We've got to empty ourselves of everything we think we can do that will help us navigate the difficult time. And we need to wholly, completely silence ourselves before God and say, God, my hope and my confidence and my trust is in you. Psalm 46 and verse 10, be still and know that I am God. And I want to point out to you here that it doesn't matter who you are. You may think you're a nobody, or you may think you're pretty significant in the world. Doesn't matter uh, who you are, whether you think you're a person of rank, or you regard yourself as pretty inconsequential. This portion in this turn, in looking at all of this, says in verse nine, Psalm 62: "Man of low degree are only vanity, and man." who think they're of rank are a lie. Wow. In the balance, they go up. He says, balance is a weigh scale. They go together in the weigh scale, and this is what God says you weigh. Together, the guy who's inconsequential, regards himself as inconsequential, and the guy who really thinks he has rank, God says, ha, you're lighter than breath. How much do you weigh? This is how much you weigh. Not much. Lighter than breath. Doesn't matter who you are here. King David is saying to us, the man after God's own heart, uh, empty yourself and put your trust in him. So how do you handle, how do you navigate troublesome times? The first thing you do, the first thing you do in navigating troublesome times is you learn to silence yourself. Number two, you empty yourself. And thirdly, you fill yourself with God's promises. So you take yourself and you've emptied yourself and you begin, after you have emptied yourself, 
to fill yourself with God's promises. You can't stay empty, friend. Emptiness isn't going to carry you. But you take the promises of God. My hope is from you. And you begin to fill your life. Begin to fill your life with the promises of God. My refuge is in God. My refuge is in God. And you take that and and you fill your life with the promises of God. You read his word and you get it deep into your soul. You've emptied yourself of any self-reliance and you say, he is my strength. And you fill your life with that promise. God is my strength. God is my refuge. Oh, and he is my salvation. He's the one who's going to rescue me. And you fill your life with the salvation of God. You fill your life with God's promises. God is your rock and you realize that he's your rock. And you need to be all in with God being your rock. Charles Spurgeon, one of my favorite preachers of all times, and talking about this sermon said, uh, you need to understand that you got to have both of your feet on the rock. If you got one foot on the rock and one foot on this quicksand, you're going down. You put your feet on the rock. You build your life on the promises of God. You fill your life with the promises of God. That's how you make your way through these things. It's how you make your way through these things. And oh, what a neat thing. What a neat thing. As I'm sitting out here outside of the neighborhood church to realize that uh, the God we're putting our confidence and our promises in is described so clearly here. Psalm 62, I love this. Once God has spoken... Twice have I heard this, Psalm 62, verse 11, that power, that power belongs to God and loving kindness is yours, Lord. King James Version says power belongs to God and also unto thee, O Lord, belongeth mercy. The God you trust is this perfect balance between power and mercy. Fill your heart with that promise. Fill your life with that promise. There's nothing God cannot do. There's nothing God is incapable of doing. There is no time when God runs out of power and cannot rescue and cannot protect and cannot be your refuge, cannot be your salvation. Power belongs to God. But God, unlike me, has this perfect balance of power and mercy, and love, and loving kindness, and he will never use his power outside of his love and his mercy towards you. Sometimes I've had authority and I've forgotten to be merciful. Two things describe God. Power belongs to you, and mercy and loving kindness belongs to him. And because of that, we read these two great verses, Psalm 62 and verse number two. It's my rock, my salvation. I shall not be greatly shaken. Psalm 62 and verse six, he's my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I shall not be 
shaken. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. I will not be shaken in the troublesome times because I've learned to be silent. I haven't made a mess by taking control myself. I've practiced holy inactivity. I've emptied myself of myself and my life is so full of the promises of God. When I'm going through the challenging, difficult times, I just know that God has got this thing for me. God has got this thing for me. We rejoice in that wonderful, wonderful, wonderful truth. Psalm 62. People who understand God and his ways and his heart practice holy inactivity. They uh, silence themselves. They empty themselves. They don't try to be the solution. They put, number three, their confidence in God. This all-powerful God who's always also full of mercy. So, Psalm 62, 1 and 2, let me read it to you. My soul, my soul waits in silence for God only. From him is my salvation. My soul waits in silence for God only. From him is my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I shall not be greatly shaken. I shall not be greatly shaken. It happened in a grocery store. Lady was shopping and suddenly she heard a great deal of noise, things falling to the floor, things breaking. And she looked at the next aisle and there was nothing and she went to the next aisle and there was an elderly lady who had knocked some stuff over, fallen off the shelf and there was a broken pile of mess. And this elderly lady was down on her knees and frantically shaking, trying to clean up the mess on the floor. And this lady who'd heard the noise came up beside her and knelt down beside her and helped begin to clean up the mess. And then the store manager came walking down the aisle and the elderly lady said, sorry, sir, I'm sorry, sir, I'll pay for all of this, sir. I'm sorry, sir, I'm sorry, sir. And the store manager said, ma'am, don't worry about it, we'll clean it up. We have insurance for this kind of stuff. Friends, life throws stuff at us. Sometimes life gets messy. Sometimes life is troublesome. But I want you to know the manager of the universe has paid the price for the mess already. It's covered by the insurance of Christ's forgiveness. His death and his resurrection. You can trust God. You can trust God he wants to be your salvation. 
I invite you to silence yourself before him. I invite you even now, maybe you've never prayed this before. I invite you even now to say, oh God, I'm going to trust you with my life. I'm going to empty myself of all of this self-dependence. I'm going to learn your promises. I'm going to follow you, Lord, with everything I've got as I move through life. May, may God help us in troublesome times to learn on how from the man, of, man after God's own heart, learn how he handled it. David did three things. He challenged us to do it too. Silence ourselves. Number two, empty ourselves. And number three, get the promises of God into our hearts. And God bless Psalm 62, book two, to each one of our hearts today. We are so thankful that you've listened in to the Neighborhood Church Podcast. If you have questions or comments about what you've heard, we would love to hear from you. Go to the podcast description and follow the link to get in touch with us. Everything we do would not be possible without your generosity. If you would like to give, check out that same link in the podcast description. If you have enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and share it with your friends. Thank you again for listening. God bless you.